This is Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast, episode number 211. Today, our special guests are Drs. Luann Shaw and Scott Shaw, and they both share how a polarity mindset can help to minimize bullying and create healthier work environments. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast. This is the only podcast that shows you how to leverage polarity intelligence, an essential competency for healthcare leaders and the missing logic in healthcare, so you can create healthy healing organizations and become a thriving, resilient, and unstoppable healthcare leader. We are your hosts, Tracy Christofferson and Michelle Troset. We've been best friends and colleagues for over 30 years. And during that time, we coached healthcare leaders across North America around how to create healthy healing organizations. Today, we coach healthcare leaders and leadership teams to live thriving, resilient, and balanced lives, combat burnout, and create the best places to give and receive care. This podcast is for the unsung hero of healthcare, the healthcare leader. We want you to know we see you and we'll be here for you each week. In this podcast, we're going to challenge healthcare's industry norms, flip limiting beliefs, and share proven strategies so you can be your best self at working at home, live and lead intentionally, and experience well-being and joy. We are glad you are here and look forward to sharing the journey with you. If you aren't totally convinced this podcast is for you, just listen to a few episodes and convince yourself. Well, welcome to another episode of Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast. Who are you? Did I forget to say that? (laughs) (laughs) I'm Michelle. (laughs) And I'm Tracy. You know, maybe I just assume people know our voices by now. I know. I know. I know. (laughs) I think we're pretty notorious for our laughs. They may recognize our laughs. (laughs) I think so. I think so. Oh, man. Well, today was another amazing interview with another polarity pair. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was very very good interview. I really enjoyed it. I did too. Yeah. I did too. And I think I'm looking forward to future conversations as well. Mm-hmm. So I do believe Tracy, correct me if I'm wrong, this is our first married couple guest on our show. I think so. Yeah, I think it is our first married I th- couple. I think it is. Mm-hmm. I think it is. Yeah. So we've had the privilege of knowing Dr. Luann Shaw for a while. Um, she's on faculty at Grand Valley State University yes. and have actually interacted with her in different capacities and have met her husband, Scott Shaw, in the past. But this is the first time we got to do a little deep dive with him and with both of them together. Yeah, yeah. And um, didn't really realize the depth of their experience with polarity thinking and polarities and how they actually um, were introduced to it. So that was kind of fun to learn that. That was. Um, but yeah, we were kind of um, led to invite them to be on the podcast because of a uh, presentation that they gave on polarity thinking and bullying. Yes. And so yeah, it was great to, to invite them in and have a really great dialogue. Yeah, we can't wait to have you listen to it. So I'm going to introduce you to Luann, and then Tracy's going to introduce you to Scott, and then we'll be on to our fabulous interview. So Luann Shaw earned her Doctor of Nursing practice with an emphasis on health systems leadership from Grand Valley State University. She completed her MSN in adult health through Indiana State University, 
and her MA in Interdisciplinary Studies from Trinity College of the Bible and Theological Seminary with a strong focus in conflict resolution. She has served in teaching roles in academia and the clinical setting uh, for over 25 years um, of nursing experience. And she teaches both graduate and undergraduate courses as a senior affiliate faculty at Grand Valley State University. And she's also adjunct faculty for Spring Arbor and Grace Christian Universities. She maintains current specialty practice and certification in emergency nursing. She's presented nationally and internationally on polarity thinking and its application to management of healthcare issues. That's Luann. That's Luann. Well, let's talk about Dr. Scott Shaw. Now, he has a number, a like the, the letters behind his name are extensive. <laughs> he is a licensed professional counselor and a licensed master social worker as well in the state of Michigan. And he's a professor of human services at Grace Christian University. Scott was clinical supervisor and therapist at Lutheran Child and Family Service of Michigan from 2000 to 2010. And previously, he worked for seven years at Hope Network Behavioral Health in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And that serves adults with chronic mental illness, and various residential, clinical, and administrative positions. Scott's a graduate of the 38th Police Academy at Grand Valley State University, and he has worked in local and county law enforcement. He is nationally board certified in counseling, a fellow of the American Psychotherapy Association, and a certified professional empowerment coach through the Grace Center for Empowerment Coaching. Really quite an incredible man. He is. So without further ado, we invite you to listen to this wonderful interview with Scott and Luann Shaw. Well, welcome Luann and Scott to Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. And uh, thank you so much for having us, Michelle and Tracy. We're uh, very happy to be here with you today. Yeah, we're delighted. It's going to be a really great conversation. (laughs) Absolutely. So to get us started, we know that you have had exposure to polarities and polarity thinking in the past. So we thought it might be really great for you to share with our listeners kind of what your introduction was and maybe how you've applied it in your work since. And uh, Luann, let's start with you. Yes, uh, I had the opportunity to uh, do some master's work. We were on um, uh, an overseas, actually, we got got to go down to St. Thomas and do some remote seminar work. Um, I was working on an interdisciplinary studies degree, and uh, part of the course was uh, dealing with conflict resolution. And this was back in the 1990s. Uh, Barry had published some of his work, and our instructor brought the concept of polarity thinking into our discussion and as a tool working with uh, conflict in churches and other organizations uh, that you might be involved in. Uh, Since then, I just have really appreciated that lens and view and see polarities in many things where uh, what I might consider a wicked problem, uh, reoccurring issues that just don't seem to have an easy solution come up and uh, starting to think there's probably a polarity here uh, where we need to do some better management. And it just really makes sense in my mind. And uh, sometimes I think I try to see polarities where maybe they don't (laughs) exist. But um, And and now that I understand a little bit more about uh, the stacking of polarities, it makes more sense to me and really uh, see that and try to bring 
that into my work uh, with nursing students uh, in healthcare directly, uh, where we might have issues that uh, could be looked at a little differently and managed. Wow, better. that's great. And you um, led a class on polarities too, didn't you? Co-taught a class? Yes, yes. We had a course in our nursing curriculum uh, that was open to really any student in the university on wicked problems in healthcare. So introducing students of different professions to the concept and how that might apply uh, for some of those difficult situations that occur in our healthcare setting. That's great. That's awesome. Okay, Scott, tell us about your experience and exposure to polarity thinking. Yeah, I was working uh, in mental health. So uh as a social worker, and I had the opportunity to actually interview, and then we hired uh, my new boss, who happened to be uh, Dana Wilcox, Barry's wife, and I was working on my my doctoral degree in conflict management, and, you know, through conversations, she said, you should talk to my husband. I was like, oh, who's your husband? What does he do? And he's like, well, he wrote a book, and um, long story short, um, you know, had Uh, really connected with Dana and Barry at that time and wrote my dissertation around uh, polarity management and family conflict. So as I was starting to move from from the mental health system and being in management um, in healthcare to then going into more family practice uh, in 2000. So um, kept it with, you know, it's just part of um, an intuitive sense of kind of those unsolvable problems that uh, as a manager, as working in healthcare, um, and then in dealing with family conflict, you know, couples that are on the verge of divorce or parent-child conflict and some of those polarities that we see even in interpersonal relationships, um, kind of at the micro level, and then also as a manager at the macro level. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we didn't know that part of the story. No. That is great. <laughs> She's fabulous. And Dana's a nurse, you know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Oh, She's God. wonderful. That's awesome. Oh, that's great. Um. And it always helps to learn from the master, doesn't it? <laughs> Barry's been our mentor as well. And um, yeah, so he's, they're both fabulous people. So mm-hmm. that's great. Now, you know, we've been focusing on um, leaders in healthcare, and especially since COVID, um, and really just focusing on them because we feel like they're the linchpin in the healthcare system. Now, if they're not strong and healthy, resilient, then the organization suffers. Those that they lead suffer as well, right? And, and don't have the opportunity to be as resilient and strong mm-hmm. as they are. So what message would you want to share with just leaders really in any field um, about the importance of having a polarity mindset and leveraging polarities? And Scott, why don't we start with you? Yeah, I think it's just um, hearing the voices of various stakeholders, you know, that all of us have, um, you know, not necessarily a whiff them, but what's in it for me. But that sense that um, sometimes it's it's hard to see, you know, a couple layers out with kind of the competing demands and, um, you know, those things that are kind of pulling us in different directions, it seems like. But, you know, if we can remember that we're all in it for a common purpose, whether it's serving in the healthcare field that Ultimately, it comes down to patient care. Um, But then there's the bigger pieces of retention, recruitment. Um, You know, a well-functioning team ultimately provides better patient outcomes. And Mm -hmm. when one of those kind of links in the chain gets broken down, then it really affects everybody downstream. So it's all interconnected. And I think polarity thinking in particular is is really a good mindset to be able to see kind of where are these apparently competing priorities that really may not be that they're ultimately just 
um, you know, those interdependent opposites that still are essential to the functioning system. So mm -hmm. good quality work environment, good quality patient care, people that love their job, they love serving, and ultimately um, the mission is served. Yeah, yeah. And Luann, how about you? Yes, I'd definitely say uh, not only listening to that small voice that uh, maybe isn't as vocal, but uh, sometimes that bully uh, in the room or uh, the person who is dominating the conversation um, as a leader, really kind of taking in both of those aspects and uh, trying to understand what's going on from each perspective and what the value perhaps of each of those viewpoints is uh, to try to better manage some of those polarities. Um, appreciating the value of each poll, if you will, uh, the both and, uh, leveraging the upsides and trying to reach that greater purpose that might be uh, among the room and uh, trying to avoid the downside and fears of some of those uh, situations as well. Because uh, we want to avoid people leaving their jobs. It takes a lot of resources to hire yes. and uh, train new people. It takes a lot of effort and emotional uh, investment in those employees to really build a high-performing team. Uh, we were recently at the Creating Healthy Workplace Environments Conference uh, in Austin, Texas, and uh, one of the main speakers that opened the session, Wendy Gates Corbett, uh, talked about a few things that really uh, help create a healthy work environment. And as a leader, uh, focusing on things like uh, helping employees feel connected with each mm -hmm. other. Um, making sure they feel protected in their environment and respected. And I think those uh, really hit a lot of areas of why we see dissatisfaction in uh, our workplaces, uh, whether it's healthcare or other places. And as leaders, if we can really focus on those aspects and some of the polarities that might be uh, impacting uh, imbalance in those, uh, we can have a really great effect. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I yeah. think I think those three points that you just brought up, right, it's hard to feel connected when you feel like you have opposing perspectives and you're hanging on, right? You're hanging on to your pole. And so if you can see, that's the one thing I love about polarities is being able to see the both and being able to see that I don't have to give up my perspective to accept your perspective, that they both need to exist. They're both equally important. And I think the other thing in the respect piece, too, is, you know, that enhances the respect we have for each other, but also unconditional and conditional respect is mm -hmm. a significant polarity that I think is at play right now in many organizations, right? Um, just, just that unconditional respect because we're all human beings, right? Striving to thrive and, uh, and you know, and then the conditional aspects of that, right? The accountabilities and responsibilities that we have within our environments. And um, so, yeah, I think that's, that's a great point. Yeah, and it starts with the leaders. It's really important that leaders role model that. So I really appreciate you bringing that forward as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we think this is a superpower. <laughs> yes, yes. And kind of, to, I think, Scott, you made me think, too, in your introduction, and that once you once you uh, know about it, you can't unsee them. Or Louie, I think it was when you just, once you know they're there, mm -hmm. it changes everything. Yeah, well, you look for them. You, you do. Right, you're looking for them, to your point, yes. right? You, yeah. You're, like, is this a polarity? Like, you're, you're always like, or is this really a problem? <laughs> And I think for many, you know, if you're not used to handling or managing conflict, you know, there's a sense of anxiety that comes with disagreement, you know, yes. well, who's wrong here, you know, because yes. one of us has to be right. And I think just that application of polarity thinking is, 
you know, like you said, it's maybe we're both right. And how do we manage and mitigate some of these potential differences that at the same time, we really are on the same team? Yeah, yes. absolutely. That's a great point. That's a great point. Well, as you're aware, you know, we're very passionate about creating healthy healing work cultures. And um, it didn't, you know, you mentioned already, Luann, that you had spoken at the Sigma, uh, you know, creating healthy work culture conference. And we noticed that because we watch you guys and we are, you know, we have been very involved with Sigma for many years. So it didn't go past us that you presented along with a colleague of yours, Dr. Cherie Lacey, on the topic of bullying and leveraging polarity thinking to create constructive team synergy and healthier workplaces. So tell our listeners a little bit, you know, what motivated you to look at bullying uh, with a polarity lens? Well, I can start. Um, just a shout out to, you know, our colleague, Dr. Sheree Lacey. She's a, a rock star um, <laughs> and had been involved, um, you know, in reading her dissertation. That was actually uh, part of her doctoral work, looking at workplace bullying. And as we've mm -hmm. had those conversations around bullying and power imbalances and healthy work environments, um, you know, it was really a conversation that we had. Like, what if maybe the three of us presented, Luann being the nurse and uh, Cherie having her doctorate in business administration and, and my background in health psychology that, you know, maybe we could pull some things in together and um, do a collaborative project that could, could be exciting. So it was a natural fit really based on her expertise in, in workplace bullying, but um, a great fit as well in thinking from a polarity perspective. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I think with a, a lot of the polarities that we see, and especially um, I think COVID highlighted a lot of these uh, with um, agency nurses trying to provide staff relief, uh, a lot of uncertainty and fear uh, in healthcare and in society uh, that just uh, generated an environment where uh, bad behaviors came out in all different kinds of ways. Um, and part of Cherie's work, too, she um, really focuses on team synergy. And we know that there's that individual and team polarity that is ongoing in healthcare, uh, regardless of the situation. Uh, what are the needs of the individual nurse, uh, for example, uh, compared to the, the team of nurses that are caring for a group of patients? Uh, what are the needs of that individual patient uh, amongst the, the group of patients? Um, how are the staff uh, protected and treated compared to uh, patients? So there's there's a lot of that part whole mm -hmm. and individual and teamwork there as well. Um, so bringing in team synergy, where can we um, emphasize uh, the qualities of a good performing team, high performing, and what does each individual bring to that team um, was one way to uh, kind of see how these polarities might um, stack up and be able to be managed a little better and perhaps reduce some of those bad behaviors, uh, the bullying that we might see, um, whether it's a new nurse coming in uh, that might feel uh, scolded, uh, trying to learn the ropes and the environment and that profession, um, or whether it's an agency nurse coming in that's trying to provide relief, but there creates some dissension and there might be some bullying going on mm -hmm. there. And I would add maybe too, you know, with in a conversation around polarity thinking and bullying, that there's also uh, power imbalances sometimes and who has more power within a system or a team. So, yeah. you know, not that there's necessarily the hierarchy, but, you know, you could say physicians maybe have more power in mm -hmm. decision-making than nurses and nurses probably have more power 
than social workers, you know, spoken from a social worker. But as you, <laughs> as you think about that, you know, that sometimes there's not the requirement that, you know, I have to treat every person on this team with, with a high level of respect and some, you know, may not naturally gravitate. So thinking, well, you know, who, who is the team or who are the stakeholders, you know, in a medical setting, it could be physician, nurse, um, nurse practitioner. It could even be the um, you know, pharmacist or pharmacy tech or people that even do, um, you know, cleaning up and, and basic patient care in between some of the, you know, the high power uh, medical providers. And you think even one kind of breakdown in that system where somebody maybe who doesn't disinfect a room well, you know, that affects everyone else's outcome, including the patient or especially the patient. And with those behaviors and being able to acknowledge that we all have these important parts that are my job, but also part of my job is making sure that everyone else feels included um, that's mm -hmm. part of that team. And that would be mm -hmm. kind of not only bullying and thinking of how that can come off badly when we have, you know, reduced bandwidth or maybe low emotional or cultural intelligence, but also mm -hmm. thinking through uh, those relational factors that create a sense of psychological safety where everybody mm -hmm. feels they have um, the ability to do their best work and feel included. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Yeah, absolutely. Well, that kind of brings up um, Scott and Luann that Tracy and I, you know, we obviously have learned a lot from Barry in the past too with Polarity Thinking, but we also have a book coming out on polarity intelligence. And one of the things we recognized in our work is it's one thing to have polarity mindset and understand that polarities do exist and how they work and the universal principles around them. And you also need to have healthy relationships for that relationship factor you just brought up, Scott. How do I engage others in a respectful way? How do I intentionally create healthy relationships, whether it is someone I report up to or someone in a different position above me or someone that is cleaning the room? Like it doesn't matter. They're universal principles when it comes to having healthy relationships in the work environment and home environment, <laughs> and um, also uh, meaningful dialogue. So the other thing that Tracy and I realized, wow, if we don't know how to listen to each other, if we don't know how to really engage other people in meaningful conversations when it comes, especially when you might have different perspectives, we're still not going to it's going to be a lot more difficult to achieve that greater purpose, which is the promise of understanding how polarities work. So, um, so we see a lot of connections to what you just said, to what we've been learning and what we're bringing forward in the, in the book, polarity intelligence, the missing logic and leadership. And, uh, we would, you know, we, we really feel like it increases our capacity to understand, to love. It brings evidence of hope to the work environment um, to really help achieve that greater purpose. And um, also, the other thing is that it gives us a common language mm -hmm. so that we are all understanding it. Um, like even being with you guys on the podcast, it's like you get that we all have this common understanding language, and that's just such a great, it just gives, it gives, you know, gives me hope. It gives Tracy and I hope. But is there anything you would add on how? you kind of see this trifecta and all these factors in this intelligence giving hope to environments right now from your experience. 
Uh, I think this definitely uh, gives us a way to understand and recognize uh, things like fear in the workplace, mistrust, um, when people feel disrespected or disregarded, uh, being able to listen and see through a lens of what might be underlying that um, definitely uh, can help. Uh, and there are many things leaders can do um, to try to address those concerns and to uh, leverage those upsides of the polarities that might be underlying or identifying where there could be a problem that does need to be solved, um, whether it's, um, you know, adjusting for uh, pay uh, in, the, in, in the area, making sure we have equity uh, among our employees. So some of those things uh, that need to be addressed as well. Um, but definitely creating a healthy workplace, an environment where people feel mm -hmm. supported uh, both emotionally and where they can feel uh, that they are going to have uh, the right financial uh, reimbursement for their services, um, a transparent environment uh, where things uh, are shared and people feel part of the process as well, like shared governance structures um, are so important in this work as mm -hmm. well. <clears throat> I would add just with kind of that sense, you know, psychological safety where people can yeah. be themselves um that they can also make mistakes and feel that you know everybody makes mistakes we learn from it and that it's okay because when there's not psychological safety then things are hidden or swept under the rug and i hope nobody finds out or it wasn't me then i can blame someone else so in a healthy work environment there's you know those calculated risks that are positive and learning from mistakes, but also feeling a sense of belonging that, you know, I feel like I belong here, that I'm growing, I'm developing, and, and this is a place that I want to give my best. And I want to support mm -hmm. my colleagues who also are doing their best. And there's that sense of shared camaraderie and teamwork. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think the thing that we've learned is it doesn't just happen. <laughs> right. It doesn't just happen because we know it's important because we, you know, we value it. You have to really provide the space and the opportunity and what we found when you're in the heat of the moment and especially in healthcare, right? Because we are the primary focus in healthcare is the patient. Doesn't matter what your role is, what what position you hold, right? The primary the mission is to serve the patients in the community, right? And to make sure. And so in the heat of the moment, that's the focus. It's not on building the relationship, having meaningful dialogue. It's really on yeah. taking care of the patient. So I think to your point, Luann, opportunities like having shared governance, creating a space where we can step back from the care to have the conversations, to develop the relationships, to establish trust, to establish that psychological safety right, to engage with each other. I think that's where you can really develop what has been known in the past to be these soft skills of relationship and communication, right? Mm -hmm. Because in the heat of the moment, you revert to whatever it is you're comfortable with, right? And that in a power situation doesn't always look so good <laughs> or feel so good for the person that's on the receiving end, right? The same thing for bullying. When you think about a lot of those things stem from lack of feeling respected, fears, all these things that we've been talking about. And it doesn't just get solved overnight. It takes time and investment. Um, yeah. And then I think to your point as well, the greater purpose is that quality of care, is that healthy environment, is creating that space where people look forward to going to work every day. 
Absolutely. One of the things that I, I talk about when I teach uh, implicit bias, I'm a, I'm a trainer, is yeah. kind of that type one and type two thinking. It's based on uh, Daniel Kahneman's work. And, you know, there's that first gut reaction, that impulse that, you know, when we feel triggered, it, it's there, we're ready to go. But it can be triggered by fear or anxiety or feeling like you don't belong or it's not a safe environment. And then there's that type two thinking that's more a rational brain. You know, it's, it's maybe our values of who we really want to be, you know. So there's the gut reaction that's impulse and the secondary. And I, I talk a lot with my patients, too, about grace and space. You know, how do we kind of open up that gap so it feels like, all right, my first impulse is maybe to respond and react. But then, okay, maybe this is how I can respond. This is more the potential of who I can be versus that gut reaction where I'm, I'm ready to roll. Let's dance, you know, and mm -hmm. having that space sometimes can help us lean into, all right, what are the values that we want to promote and how can I protect this relationship in a time where, you know, I, there's a disagreement or, or a, a misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. I love that grace and space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. Well, and I think too, you know, you bring up a, a really important point about values. And I just think, um, and especially in polarities, right, what we learn, again, is that interdependency of the values. And sometimes we are so connected to what we value. And, and so that's the lens and the filter that we look through. And everything we see is based on that value. And so it's about the opening up, right, to recognize and respect the values of others. Um, in this process, it doesn't mean it's wrong, right? And but it means how can I open up to see the value, this other, you know, the positive um, aspects of somebody else's values, and and then work together, right, to leverage those. I think values are huge because they are big drivers of who we are and how we behave, and it influences everything we do pretty much, whether consciously or subconsciously. <laughs> and I wonder to what degree, you know, COVID was an additional strain on the system that, you know, when our bandwidth is high, we're able to come in and give our best. And, you know, when you mix feelings of powerlessness, like what do we do here? And we have yeah. nurses burning out and physicians burning out. And we're, you know, we're moving into kind of a mental health crisis where, we need more therapists and anxiety is high. And we're seeing that yes. in children and adolescents and college students and, you know, in the workplace where people are kind of almost at that wit's end. Like, how do I really engage fully with my full bandwidth um, to lean into my values when I'm just struggling to survive? And a lot of people feel that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great point. That's a great point because it's not it's not just about surviving, right? And you got to get yourself beyond that point, right? Because we tend to push through. That's who we are as healthcare professionals, right? We just power in, pull up those big girl panties and keep moving, right? Absolutely. Yes, I do. <laughs> Especially Scott. I know. He's got a pair. <laughs> Or pull up those boxers, whatever it is you got on, right? Boxers or briefs. <laughs> yeah, no boxers or no briefs. Judgment. That's an no judgment. <laughs> but that's what we do. We just power through. We keep thinking, okay, just got to get through this next hour. I just got to get through this next admission. I just got to get through the next day. But over time, 
All of those things, right, are building up and building up and building up. And we can't just keep pushing through. You know, that's where the burnout comes. That's yeah. where the exhaustion comes. Then we're not mm-hmm. good for anybody. Then the outcomes are poor. And we're in a crisis in healthcare right now with this. So many people are at, on the edge, right? Not realizing, you know, that analogy of being in the hot water and it's getting hotter and hotter and hotter to the point of boiling, right? And and that's when you're a powder keg, right? Then pff, everything falls apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like a, in customer service that in the immediate moment, uh, you know, we have a crisis. We need to try to do something right now. And we need to be thinking about how are we going to prevent this in the future? Or how are we going to do this ongoing yeah. um, care of this situation? I can put a Band-Aid on it, but it's going to keep seeping out. And uh, eventually we need to repair that wound or let that wound yes. heal. Uh, and uh, try to promote a safer environment for Such everyone. a great analogy. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it, it really is. is. It is. Put the tourniquet on for now, but eventually <laughs> you have to look at the long-term implications and, and continue to improve and evolve. And there are so many yeah. negative consequences, right? And we know, we know they're going to happen. And when you have polarities, if you're overemphasizing one polar and neglecting the other, you know it's 100% guaranteed. It's just when is the... When is the clock going to mm-hmm. stop ticking, right? When's the bomb going to go off? When's the, when's the real crisis going to happen? Yeah. And it, we know it will, right, if we don't give attention. So this is such an important tool for leaders to be able to look at their, or their environments and their leadership through a whole different lens. And um, so thank you so much for sharing and having this conversation today. And yes. we want to kind of move on to the missing questions now. Now, nothing to be worried about. You're pretty benign. (laughs) (laughs) But we've been talking a lot about how you use this in your professional practice, your perspectives from a professional perspective. So we just want to have our listeners get to know the Shaws in a little bit more personal way. So we just got a couple questions for you. And this first question, I'll leave it up to you on who answers it, okay? <laughs> Either one of you or both of you might have a different version. Who know. knows? Um, but the, the question is, how did you meet? <laughs> Let's see. How did we first meet? Uh, I believe we were in uh, our fourth grade classroom together or had g- grown up in school together, elementary school. Um, but I think my first uh, main memories of Scott uh, go back to that fourth grade classroom and um, some of the antics there. Uh, of course, we didn't start dating till a little later. <laughs> <laughs> wow, fourth uh, grade? Yes, yeah, Scott, Scott can share um, how he flirted with me uh, a little bit a few years later. <laughs> oh, yes, do tell. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah I, I had a dog um, and would throw things in the air and the dog would catch it. And then I had quite a knack to do the same thing. So I would often <laughs> bring the dog up after school and, um, it, it was the dog really that did it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> that was the dog. All right. Love it. Love it. All right. Well, we celebrate milestone oh. anniversaries with trips. Now, not our anniversary, Michelle and I, but our anniversaries with our husbands. And we were married just like three weeks apart, you know, from each other. So we always go on a big trip for our kind of our milestone anniversaries. But if you could go anywhere in the world to celebrate your 35th wedding anniversary, where would you go? What would you choose? 
I'm going to see if Scott knows what I would say. <laughs> Probably Hawaii. <laughs> That's been on the list for a while and never, never done it yes. yet. Yes. Oh. oh, well, that's one of our favorite places to go on our anniversary trips. <laughs> yeah, we've been there twice. On we've our been anniversary there twice. Trip. The Big Island and Maui. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want any trip advice, you know who to call. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Yes. Definitely. <laughs> oh, that's a great one. That is. That is. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to ask a wrap up question. And, uh, you know, as you know, we work with leaders on polarities and really help to foster that both and thinking. And um, and our listeners, you know, if in case you don't know, polarities are interdependent pairs or values that appear to be opposite, but they're actually interdependent and they need each other to achieve a greater purpose. And the other thing about polarities that are so important to understand is that all of us tend to have a preference pole. And it's really important to be aware of that. And so at the end of our podcast, we like to share a polarity with our guests and have you um, share what your preference poll is in this particular polarity. So um, Scott, I'll have you go first, but you'll do the same polarity and it is justice and mercy. Mm. Yeah, I lean toward mercy. Um, oh. But I, I think they're both essential. You really can't have one without yeah. the other. And mercy makes sense in justice. And yet, uh, if I have to lean toward one, uh, I would definitely go towards mercy. Okay, Luann? Yes, these are always hard for me now, too, uh, having that polarity lens, uh, because I, I do value both. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and maybe it's funny that opposites attract sometimes, but I think my first instinct is to like think of justice. What What's the right thing to do here? And then uh, thinking like, okay, but mercy and grace and uh, where do we go there? So yeah, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that's really great. It is good to know, especially when you are together with another polarity mindset person, <laughs> to know what your preference poles are. <laughs> we're two. We're two opposites. We we, we, we have opposite preference poles on almost everything. Almost there is. all the polarities <laughs> were opposite. I don't know what your experience has been. If you care to share, when it comes to personal polarities, you guys are you tend to be more on the same pole, or is it a variety, or do you bring different? perspectives and your polarity preferences? I would say some things we align uh, with and some things we might have opposite mm -hmm. uh, and, and work together. <laughs> We've made it over 30 years. So I think it's something. working. It says something. It sure does. It sure does. Um, any closing comments that you'd like to make before we wrap up today? <clears throat> Um, I would just say like um, uh, providing some uh, in the moment things for leaders, um, thinking about where you can instill moments of joy in your workplace. And it really needs to come from an intentional, sincere standpoint. It can't be like, well, we have to do our moment of joy this week at our <laughs> meeting. Um, but uh, can we share something good that is happening? Mm -hmm. um, maybe uh, some healthy competition. People love uh, games and competition. Um, is there a way to 
uh, bring some of that into the workplace. Uh, ways to feature good things people are doing um, and to really focus on how to uh, make people feel protected, respected, and connected in those environments. I just think those are great things that uh, leaders can do on a day-to-day -day basis to uh, make a healthier workplace and hopefully prevent um, unhealthy behaviors. Mm, great. Those are great suggestions. For me, I would say um, invite people that think differently than you. You know, we're going to be stronger the more diverse we are. And instead of shying away sometimes from conflict, I think leaning into conflict in a very uh, value-laden way where we're reminded that we're on the same page, um, you know, we're strengthened by diversity and we're strengthened by perspectives that are, are going to represent uh, both sides of some of those um, interdependent, seemingly opposites, but they're really not. And I think sometimes, you know, we can get into affinity bias where we like people that think like us, that kind of look and smell like us, but we, we miss a lot when we do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a great point. That's an awesome point. So, well, we can't thank you enough for joining us. This has been a wonderful conversation and, um, I just think you brought a lot of wisdom to our podcast episode and we look forward to collaborating and seeing you in the future. And it's yeah. really very appreciative. Yeah. That was wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you again for having us and the work that you are both doing uh, to uh, bring this knowledge to light. <laughs> Thank yeah. you so much. It's been an honor. You're yeah, you're welcome. welcome. And for all of our listeners out there, this is a wrap for another Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast episode. So stay safe and healthy, and we'll see you on the next one. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast, now a top-rated podcast for healthcare leaders. Please share this podcast with other healthcare leaders and anyone else you think would benefit. We are certain that if you found value in it, they will too. If you haven't already done so, please hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes. And also, it would mean the world to us if you took a quick moment to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast player. It helps to get the word out about our podcast and incredible guests. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel if you want to watch our podcasts. You can also follow us on our Missing Logic social media channels, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Until next time.